Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man. 50. <laughs> JR, B-Day boy, <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like money, man, I feel like money, yeah. Oh, yeah. They come around like honey, uh, they come around like honey, cause I'm fly like a bee, oh, yeah. man, I got a Welcome back, Draws and Fades, episode 46, preview of the Mayacoba Classic at El Chameleon Golf Club in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I'm your host, Owen Vrabel, joined by my co-host, Matthew Miller. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. And producer, Nick Boss. What's going on, folks? How are we doing? So, it's been a little hiatus, but uh, we did have the match three, which included Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson defeating... Steph Curry and Peyton Manning, which, I mean, if you watched it, it was relatively underwhelming, but nonetheless, we will not be recapping. If you were smart, you bet Chuck and Phil, obviously, plus money with the professional golfer, everything makes <laughs> sense. Just mad mention on Twitter. Just be smart and do that kind of stuff. So, But we're moving on because we have the Mayakoba this week, um, and then we have a month hiatus before the century – Terminated Champions will be in early January, so it's kind of our last little run here in 2020. We will preview El Chameleon, which has hosted the Mayakoba since 2007. We have some past winners. What works well here? Um, there is some course correlation, we like to think, with the Sony Open, um, because they're also, um, in the same time of year, we've had some back-to-back winners, people that win the Mayakoba, then we'll go on to win the Sony, Patton Kazire, and also Matt Kuchar. Not, nothing to speak of there, necessarily, <laughs> but uh, we'll get into the odds list after that, um, who we're going to take outright, who we're going to take top 10, top 20. And as always, follow us on Twitter, at draws underscore n underscore fades, and on Instagram at draws and fades. And over the next four weeks, we will have our first draws and fades interview. And we will be having a Christmas giveaway. So be on the lookout for that. We will give you more info on that as um, the month rolls on. But we're focused on the Mayakoba currently. And, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys watch the match at all? We obviously saw, you know, Charles, Phil win relatively easily. And Charles looked pretty good. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he was he was a good guy. So I'm, I'm excited for the Mayakoba, but also – you know, it was nice to see a little golf on the weekend. Yeah, it was nice to have some golf. Um, Chuck looked better than expected. But, yeah, like kind of how you mentioned the opening, um, 
didn't really make a whole lot of sense that the only pro out there was an underdog. <laughs> um, and a lot of people fell for it. You know, I saw a lot of people saying that, oh, Peyton and Steph seem like the, the pick to make. Um, but, yep. yeah, easy money on Phil and Chuck there. Right. Well, it's also, it's funny that people don't get, like, yeah, Steph is a scratch golfer. He's even maybe a plus one, so he's better than that. <laughs> what? But in comparison to a professional golfer, he's yeah. not, even, not even close. So that's what I, the whole alternate shot thing, I think, threw people for a loop because there was that suspicion that Chuck maybe just be, be off the course and an alternate shot. Phil's obviously still scrambling his ass off. But Chuck, to his credit, was as straight as I've ever seen him. I mean, I, which is basically never. So I put <laughs> so, yeah, he played great. Uh, like I, I, you don't see Charles Rocky play that often. You always see the hitch and the gimmicks that you know he goes along with him. I think that he's kind of figured it out a little bit in his old age, and he's got less stress in his life. And I don't know, they made it look pretty easy. Steph, Peyton, pressure showed. Whatever, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for the for, you know professional athletes, non golfers to just step into that kind of event. Yeah, people forget like how much better pros are than even good you know, regular golfers are really in any sport, but I mean, the difference between like Peyton and Steph to Charles Barkley, people were kind of overestimating that in comparison to the difference between Phil and those guys. Yeah, um, no, honestly, the, the, the difference between uh, Phil and Steph Curry is, is as less as you can get. Like, honestly, like Steph Curry is as good as golf as you can get for a non-professional PGA player, like Tony Romo-esque, like he's that good. But, like, that would be, like, Phil going out to play, like, goalie in the MLS. Like, they would score fucking 15, 15 goals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, yeah, it's tough. So you're playing, you're playing a different sport. I mean, the guy's a professional. Phil, given credit, he's got 43 PGA Tour wins on his career. Like, he's got this happy-go-lucky feel about him, but he's a stud. He's, he's older now, but, I mean, it's, yeah. He was playing with child's play there. It was, like. All right, yeah, you want Peyton and Steph to play against me, basically against myself? It's fine. I'll teach up Charles a little bit, and we'll win. But um, there wasn't much action to have there, honestly. There was the plus money on Phil and Chuck. So I'm excited to have one last tournament in 2020 before we get to Christmas season, before we get to holiday season. As I said, we're going to have a little giveaway for Christmas before the holiday season. We will be doing that. But how about a little holiday giveaway with, uh, you know, a winner at the Mayakoba. That, would that be not be better than anything? That would be better, yeah. A little extra cash for some gifts for your family. <laughs> They're getting some upgrades this year. Yeah. Um, we need or if Everyone we don't needs. Win, no gifts for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see yeah. it this year. Yeah. The, uh, who, no one thought coming into 2020 that their Christmas gifts would be relying on the Mayakoba Classic, <laughs> but little of my family know that golf is pretty big proponent so <laughs> we're here at Mayakoba. it's december 1st 2020 tuesday night and we do have some course history matt at the el chameleon i mean what are your thoughts on the course this week i you know i have a feeling there's some guys we'll get into this week that we have a pretty good pretty good feelings on yeah uh i'll hop right into it it's uh around seven thousand yards par 71 um i think short yes yeah, short par 71 so you know you don't need to be a long hitter 
obviously if you hit it long it, it makes it easier but it's not something that's necessary on this course uh there is you know kind of some jungle forest action running through it so you could get into trouble if you don't hit the fairways but overall it's a pretty easy course um since 2007 the first year that the mayakoba was here the winner has averaged just 5.23 bogeys which is the fourth of any fourth lowest of any tournament on tour in that span um so you kind of see from the Previous winning scores, Brendan Todd won last year at minus 20. Matt Kuscher in 2018 at minus 22. That was the infamous, uh, he didn't tip the caddy correctly. Yep, With classic. Al yeah. Which he got ripped on for years about. Which he yeah, still kind of getting ripped on for it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Matt. You gave you gave him a, 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 five, a 4% tip. Yeah, and then tried to like... You know, kind of go behind the scenes and like pay him off, and yeah, still yeah. kind of gave him an insulting offer. That like he was the only reason that they won, which I, I, uh, I mean, I'm not a professional golfer, so I'm not here to say. But maybe the caddies have something to do with it. Maybe they don't. Probably they do. <laughs> so go fuck yourself, Matt. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's been on tour long enough. Like you can give a decent tip. Good. Yes. Come on, give, it's, it's such a bad look for him. Yeah, horrible look. He can make <laughs> that guy's yeah. We'll get past We'll get past Yeah, he's like we an amateur caddy. Yeah, we hate him anyway. He's an amateur caddy, dude. Just, you could have doubled his salary with whatever. You, you could have paid him anything. You won the fucking tournament. Come on. Yeah. It's, it was an embarrassing display. Show some respect. Yeah. But, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Pat and Kazire won in 2017. And Pat Perez in 2016 at minus 21. So, pretty fast. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. You know, I think that I'm looking for fairways, greens, and reg. Don't have to be a long hitter, so I'm, I'm mostly just looking for hit fairways, hit greens, make your putts, win. Um, I don't know. Absolutely. What, yeah. No, but yeah, but it's funny because you mentioned obviously Kazire and Kucher, who both have gone back to back with the Mayakoba and the Sony. So I think there's some course correlation there. I don't know if it's like time of year correlation. I don't know really what it is because if you look at Patton Kazire's career, his only PGA Tour wins are at the Mayakoba and the Sony back to back. Yeah. Which might be the most incredible PGA sword fat of all time. He has two PGA wins and they came in back to back weeks. It's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, I don't know why, how that it's happened. Pro- it's it's um, probably a bad <laughs> omen for us this week, to be honest, that Matt Kuchar's won here twice and Patton Kazire's won here twice. It's probably yeah, a bad sign. Mean, I'm looking at the last four winners and it's just no guys that I would consider taking, but um, yeah, here we are. Christmas well, on the line. With a winner, so <laughs> we got to get it done. <laughs> right, and also I think it's worth mentioning that the Mayakoba this time of year, I think this in general is going to be something that changes over time. You saw guys who played more often in the fall of 2019 who then kind of stuck around into that East Lake type scenario. Munoz, I think Neiman may have made it. They're guys who played well early, got points early, and we're able to sustain that into, you know, getting to the, the big money later in the year. You're guaranteed a million dollars. Yeah. No, so, you're absolutely correct. I might have completely botched that number, but I'm pretty sure you're guaranteed a million. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Remember we were doing, we had the fantasy thing and all the payouts toward the end were pretty big there. And it is yeah. a good point. I mean, the more of these events you play, the higher up you are in those standings, the more, you know, you're invited to. Yeah, um, I'm only looking yeah. at your face right now, not bosses. So I'm sure bosses... Like face might be different, but <laughs> I I think it's it might be a little bit less than a million. But either way, you make it to the last thirty, 
you get points here, they carry over. So like there's, I think there's a little bit of that type of strategy going on because we are seeing a stronger field than we typically have at the Mayakoba. And also maybe the COVID year has something to do with that. I don't know, but we do have a decently strong field here, top heavy, so to speak. But I'm on the same, I'm on the same page as you. I think obviously I'm all about the approach game every week. I love guys that are fairways, greens, close to the hole proximity wise. Um, and the putter kind of, you get what you get that week and hope that you can kind of get a hot putter. But that goes this week. I think it's going to be a birdie fest. I think there'll be a ton of birdies out there. And there's too many guys here that can make a lot of birdies for you to feel super confident about anyone. But there's value down the board. Maybe not so much up top. But at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. I still have two out of the last three winners, Matt. Don't you know? Don't forget Dustin Johnson, Carlos <laughs> Ortiz. <laughs> did not pick the last winner, but hey, we're back, Mayakoba. Let's get to the top of the odds list. Um, we got Justin Thomas this week, which I I don't know. I'm a surprise to see it or not, but JT plus six fifty. Yeah, it's not not fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, good for him. He's plus six hundred in a golf tournament with one hundred and twenty some odd players here this week. Is it is one hundred fifty? Is it full field? But yeah, either way, yeah, it's a ton of players. So Brooks Kapka twelve to one. Harrison goes fourteen to one. Abe Answer, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, and Victor Hovland all as well under twenty to one between fifteen to twenty. This is on FanDuel. Um, which is a great site we like to use. Also, for the statistics we like to you know to use throughout the show, we also use FantasyNational.com. Shout out Pat Mayo. Shout out Fantasy National. Great site. But interesting top of the board, Matt. Obviously, Justin Thomas plus 650. Hard to hard to dabble with. Hard to dabble with. I don't know if you're interested in that at all. Are you? I mean, he's the best guy in the field. Yeah, no, definitely best player in the field. Uh, I'm not interested in that. I mean, I, it's kind of hard to always guess where these guys' heads are at. You know, they're here, but maybe they're in it for a trip to Mexico. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine JT's too locked in. You know, obviously he's gonna, he's not gonna try to not win the tournament, but I can't imagine he's overly locked in for this one. Um, six to one. That's just. I'm not gonna. I'm not in on that. No, 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 it's, no, no, no. You can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You can't do it for Mayakoba. You cannot do it for Mayakoba Classic. I granted, Justin Thomas is by far the best player in this field, in my opinion. But you're probably you're going to potentially catch a better number throughout the weekend. Like if, yeah, he, like, if, yeah. if he slips up even a little bit, and like there's someone that's having a real hot start, you're going to catch a better number on Justin Thomas throughout the week. Unless he goes at wire to wire, which end of the day could be possible, but you know, if you want to throw down a heavy bet on Justin Thomas, by all means, go for it. In you know the relative course that we have compared to the Sony Open, he has one, and he has you know six place and multiple top twenties. Uh, but <laughs> okay, let's stop looking at those stats. Then. <laughs> let's pretend that Justin Thomas has not played well there, um, and we don't have to worry about him this week. Yeah, no, that's you know, end of the story. That's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah, 
don't worry about it at all. It's totally, totally, totally not going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move past Justin Thomas because he's a great guy and it's not going to be a problem. But did anyone else interest you under 21, man? We got, as I said, Brooks, Harris, Abe, Danny Berger, Berg, Bergfast, we've been seeing in a while, Tony, Victor Hovland, Tony Finn on 21. What a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Anyway, I just had yeah. to get it off my chest, but yeah. Um. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if you thought I was staying away from Abe this week, you're sadly mistaken. Um, we're here in Mexico. Last, oh! you know, his home country. Last time we saw him, he was in the final group of the Masters. He was eighth here last year. I mean, I'm not hopping off the Abe train now. Um, I'm sticking with him this week. He's been hitting you know, a lot of fairways recently. His accuracy has been good. Um his irons have looked a little bit better, so uh, I'm in on Abe. I'm hoping that he has a little bit more incentive this week, being back in his home country, um, and you know he would love to pick up his first win here. So I am in on answer. Damn. You know what? I oh man, I wanted to like give you crap for that and everything, but uh, I mean, it feels it feels right. It really feel it does feel right. The pro- the problem is is that. I'm stuck in a scenario where there's a bunch of guys under 30 to one that I feel like are probably going to win. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, so, so I, so I get it. And I also think that there's some serious value later down the board, but in my heart of hearts, I feel like the winner is going to come in the top 10 of this board. Um, so yeah, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place between Harris English and Abe answer. Um, I mean, Harris English finished 6th of the RSM, 28th of the Zozo, 10th of the CJ Cup, coming off his 4th of the U.S. Open, uh, just coming off a string of impressive, impressive performances over the past year, and I feel like he has the complete capability of capitalizing on a win in this type of field. It's just tough. It's tough taking either of them at 14 or 16. Um. So as of right now, I'm taking Harris. That's okay. where that's where I'm going. I uh, oh man, I yeah, that's where I'm going. I, I yeah, I like that. I mean, I had Harris at the RSM too, and he, I mean, he had a horrible Saturday, and then he was good on Sunday. It, if he just didn't mess up Saturday that bad, I mean, he could have definitely won that tournament. Yeah, and I mean, obviously going back to last year, he finished fifth. Um. He won this in 2013. Um, it's, yeah, it's a Harris pick for me. Well, I do like that pick. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks because there's so many guys that, like, the, the guys under 20 to 1 this week are usually the guys that we take between, like, 20 and 40. <laughs> and now it's they're also, the top of the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. And also, Harris, not to just beat a dead horse here, but he also has. Four top tens of the Sony. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Sony, Harris, Mike over Harris, whatever. Harris, just get it done this week, dude. 14. I feel like I can't flip-flop now, but I will be on the lookout for either of them having a decent first round and then having some maybe better value if JT, Brooks, Berger, Henley, Finnow don't, you know, have a good round. Or they do, and you get good value on them anyway. But... It is tough, I will say, taking Harris or Abe 
under 21, but I think they're creeping the crop in this field. Yeah, it's, it feels weird, um, but they are probably two of the better golfers in the field. So that's the thing. I mean, if JT and Brooks aren't there on Sunday, like if they're in the tournament, I'm going to feel good that they could be pretty much anyone they'd be up against. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not, it's not like they're better than – they're more consistent than, but are they better than? I don't know. I mean, a lot so of the, the guys, the re- No, but the, re- the reason why that their odds are here is that they've been consistent recently. That's what pisses me off. Because it's not like either of them have won. Like, they're just anticipating a win. The books are anticipating a win. It's bullshit. In, yeah. in theory, it's bullshit. We should be getting better odds on both of them. In theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to get better odds on them. Yeah, but... I'm just going to say, it's bullshit. Go fuck yourself, Vegas, whatever. Whoever's making these odds, it's bullshit because... At the end of the day, Harrison Abe probably don't win, and we're going to have to hit on one of our outright favorites that are coming in from long <laughs> down the board, which I actually love, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Kepka this week, Matt? Any interest there? Any interest in Berger? I, you know, a couple guys we love that, you know, I don't yeah. think. I don't know what to think this week. I know. It sucks. I wish I could take them all. Um, you just kind of have to make your pick up there. I Burger, we haven't seen in a while. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope he plays well. I like him, but I just can't pick him at sixteen to one when I haven't seen him play in a while. He didn't play the Masters. Uh, Brooks has been looking better lately, but again, twelve to one. He he doesn't really win non-majors that much, so it kind of seems like that's not a great spot to take him. Um, Some would say horrible. Yeah, I would. I would say not a good spot to take him at all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's kind of how I landed on answer out of these guys 20 and under. But, yeah, I think answer or Harris would be kind of my two choices down there. I like Hovland, too, but that's crazy. He's 18 to 1 on him. It just doesn't feel. The books are trying to tell us to take people up top, which means we're going to hit someone down below that's going to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is too, too much, too much low odds for too many guys that don't win enough. Obviously, Tony Thinnow, under 20 to 1, he's played, what, like 150 tournaments in his life? He's won one? Come on. <laughs> Those yeah. odds make zero sense. So we have that. We have Victor Hovland at 18. All these odds are just tough to swallow. Um, so let's get move on to the next range, Matt. 22 to 1, Russell Henley. Again, we're on FanDuel Sportsbook. Ricky Fowler, 27. Will Zalatoris, Corey Connors, Joaquin Neiman, Carlos Ortiz, and Mark Leishman, under 35 to 1. Any of those names intrigue you, Matt? Because, again, I think we're limited value this week unless you want to go big or go home and you got to go down the list a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I think Henley is a kind of an interesting player there. I mean, he it's kind of gross looking no, at yeah, 20, 22 to... to 1, but like... You don't need to twist my, twist my hand there. Yeah, I mean, he's just... He's so good with the approach, which is, you know, what we're looking for this week. Um, he doesn't really make bogeys. I mean, it, it seems like this would be a, a pretty good setup for him. Uh, it sucks that he's 22 to 1, but I, I like him out of that group of golfers. Um, he did get cut here last year, but he's 29th in 2019. He's been playing pretty well lately. I, he seems like he would be my choice in that range. So, it sounds like you're looking for, for more, which I have for you because 
if you look back on it, since March, since March, he hasn't lost strokes approach. And to even double down on that, he's gained over two strokes on approach in 13 of his last 14 events. So the guy is obviously on fire with his irons and completely feeling it in all aspects of his life right now. And I, I've been nailing this. Russell Henley is going to win a golf tournament now for a little bit too long. But <laughs> again, I mean, yeah, he's got third at the CJ Cup, fourth at the Zozo, eighth at the Northern Trust, ninth at the Wyndham, seventh at the Workday, eighth at the Honda. And that's all in the past seven months. Top tens galore. Again, I'm going to 100% take Henley as a top 10. I'm also going to take him outright at 2,200. Um, but, yeah, Matt, I love having you, having you on board this week because it's been a lonely crew on the Henley train because it, it, it feels impossible at times. But the birdies are there. The birdies are there every week. They're there every week, Matt. Um, well, I'm with you on Henley this week. Hopefully this is the week. Um, it feels pretty good for him and, and like you said i mean you look at the top of that board i mean it feels like one of these guys is gonna win um that's you know under 40 to one granted if we have some deep picks they have ourselves covered if that doesn't happen but it feels like it's gonna be one of these guys that's gonna break through and i'd like so i'd like the henley play so i'd like the henley play over some of these other guys that aren't as hungry as him he's hungry he's hungry as hell and again i will get deeper into these stats 20 in the last 24 rounds, first in stroke chain approach, fourth in ball striking, seventh in proximity to the hole, first in proximity from 125 to 150, fourth in proximity from 150 to 175. Those are going to be great ranges this week on a shorter course. The putter is an issue. We all know that. But when you're in range every time, we've seen it. He continues to be inside of, in, making the cut and inside the top 20. I'm taking the top 10. I'm taking him to a win. I don't know. Him and Harris both feel very due for victory, so I'm hoping that it's going to be one of them this week. But if not, again, this is a big field, um, and I'll try to contain my excitement, but there was no one else there in that range, Matt, that you liked, right? No, no one else in that range that I liked. Um... Surprising to see some names this low. Carlos Ortiz, Wills Outdoors, <laughs> Mark Leishman. Yeah. What the fuck are they doing there? Walking yeah. Neiman, I understand to a certain degree because he also did tickle my fancy to a degree, but I wanted to pick Neiman, but I couldn't do it at 31. I wanted 50. 100. I wanted yeah. If Neiman is at 50, I'm taking Neiman. 100. He's at 31. It's a little bit tougher. Um, so now we get into the 40s. Munoz, Billy Horschel, Adam Long, Brennan Todd, Brian Harmon, Ches Revi, Gary Woodland, Emiliano Grillo, Alex Noren. Uh, Alex Norton's in the 65 range. So Grillo and below, or 55 and below. So after Norton, we get pretty steeply into the deep range. But um, anyone in the 50 range, rather, intrigued you? Yeah, I uh, I snagged Chez last night um, at 70 to 1. I like Chez Ruby a lot this week. You know, he's played well at the Sony Open, which we mentioned was a corollary course. He's played well here as well. He had um, 26th in each of the last two years, and he was 14th in 2017 and fourth in 2016. So I also like his fit for this course because it's not a long course. He's really accurate driver of the golf ball. He's 14th so far this year in driving accuracy. Obviously limited stats, but last year he was seventh on the tour in driving accuracy. 
And then so far this year, he's 24th in a strokes gain approach. And last year, he was 29th in that category. So that's kind of his game. Hit fairways, um, you know, good on approach. This seems like it would be a nice fit for Chaz. He's played well here. Kind of one of those veteran guys that I feel somewhat confident that if he's in it, he's he can win. Um, which is hard to say when you get, you know, kind of down the board. So I do like Chaz this week. I'm going to be on him. Hopefully he gets it done for us. I, I mean, mean be, are, you, it, are you on board? Well, you? well, yeah. You know, uh, first of all, the fuck yourself. Um, yes, <laughs> I'm on board. But also, congratulations to you that you did get Chaz at that number because all of a sudden now he's slashed down to 50. So I think that that was a, a, an error on the books part because, yeah, I think Chez is a, certainly a viable option this week, and I'm going to take him too. Not nearly as good as the odds that you got him, but, hey, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for stupid late plays that win. <laughs> so stupid late plays that win. Chez Revy in this field, six in strokes gain approach in the last 24 rounds, fifth in opportunities gained, second in proximity to hole, second in good drives gained. <laughs> We'll get back to the proximity because there'll be someone else I like there. Third in proximity in 125 to 150. Basically, he hits the ball close when he's approaching the green every time. His putting, again, not great. 114th in his last 12 rounds in his field. Losing strokes everywhere. Bleeding, bleeding putting <laughs> strokes. But this, this is kind of, a, you know, it's a different it's a different field. You know, his last, maybe... This is what my, my theory is on putters that suck is they're hitting the ball well right now. They have good course history. The putter will find itself. So that may not make sense, but Chez seems to play well here. All the other aspects of, a, of his game are in top-notch form besides his putter, which seems to never really get there. But he likes it here. I like Chez as a top 10. I like Chez as an outright even though you might be only getting a 50 to one right now, book that chest ticket right now, 50 to one. And um, yeah, that's going to be a great pick. Matt. So I'm glad we're both on Chaz. before I get into my next pick, Matt, are you happy that we're both on board with Chaz? I'm thrilled so far. We're on a pretty uh, same page going on Chaz and Henley can't ask for much more. A group winner would be great. Um, little difference between Harris and Abe, but so far we're on the same page. Well, I have a, I have a pretty good uh, pick for my next pick, which I pretty much guarantee you won't be having, um, <laughs> which no surprise to anyone who's listened over the past year, Emiliano Grillo. Who <laughs> I, I will not be I, on the same page, yeah. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks because it sucks. Every time I tell myself not to pick him, I look at you guys – you look at me, we look at each other like I'm, I feel like I'm an idiot looking at you guys. And then <laughs> I feel like I'm having deja, deja vu because I'm pretty sure Grillo was your pick of the week last year at Mayakoba. How'd that turn out? Um, well, I know he didn't win, so I'm going to go with a blanket <laughs> not well. I'm not but sure how not well it turned out. It finished, 40, get... it finished 41st. Okay. So, so he made the cut at least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me just – I mean, I, I can ramble on about me on our gorilla stats every time, but the guy, can he can win a tournament at the PGA Tour. I'll say that for a fact. First of all, four Sony appearances, all made cuts. It's a good start. Um, no top 20s, <laughs> but that's how that goes. Um, he did finish ninth here back in 2017, and – 
in terms of Grillo's form, I mean, this is probably the best golf he's played in his career. He's fourth in strokes gained approach in this field in the last 24 rounds, fifth in ball striking, second in opportunities gained, sixth in strokes gained total, 13 in good drives gained, first in proximity to hole, which is so classic Milan Grillo. first in proximity to hole and finishes like 30th. But one of those weeks is not going to happen. And that, that could be this week. So you don't want to miss out on a Milan Grillo at 50 when – in reality, the way he hits his driver and he hits his irons, he probably should be under thirty to one. <laughs> that I'm just that is something. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, do you want to? Hey, you want to dispute? You can dispute. I'm just saying. <laughs> you want to look at other guys? Sebastian Muniz is at forty. What is your Sebastian Muniz at? Fifty? Whatever. I'm just saying. Milan Grillo, fifty to one. Good bet. Hey, Take he's your guy. You're sticking with it. I I appreciate that. I respect that. When I, I say not. good bet, I mean, like, it's probably going to lose, but eventually <laughs> it will be a good bet. Just want to hammer that home. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I also, mean, you grow, grow a second nuts, guys. You want to say something? Say something. Well, I, <laughs> I don't think Emiliano Grillo is very good, but he, he hits that's, the ball well. He just – he does that putt. That's really it? Really good. That, yeah, that pretty much sums up my, my opinion on him. All right. Well, you know what? Up. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do, because I'm not going to let you go down the ship alone. I'm jumping on the ship with you. I will be on Grillo this week. I'm riding it with you. Wow. Let's go! Two That's what I'm talking Grillo. about. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm going to do for you. There we go. All right. Well, now I'm feeling like an asshole betting against the team. No, just, you're not necessarily betting against the team. You're just not. Just feel like yourself, dude. You don't think yeah. Grillo is going to win. I don't, dude. No one's going to think you're an idiot. No, certainly not. I'm just saying, stand up. You want to say something? Say say something. That's all. That's all. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on, um, which, I don't know, we kind of just glazed over a couple guys, but Gary Woodland, I don't think is feeling 100%. I think there's some injury issues there. Maybe an, an anemia issue or something. He's lost, like, we, we, we thought it was a good thing at first, and now I don't even want to make light about this. He's looks like, he, he looks like Justin Thomas. He looks like he lost like 70, 70 pounds. Yeah, until he swings a club, and then, and then he he's not like, looking like Justin Thomas anymore. He looks yeah. like Matt Miller. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but he's not been good at all. I yeah. keep I keep wanting to pick Gary, but it's just like I've run out of excuses to make for why he's like. I just need to see him play. Somebody no, it, well, and also in this field, it feels like in reality, he should probably be at like 100, which in theory, I would I would take that. But like Woodland now, again, the guy can play the best golf with anyone in the world. But yeah, I don't know how Jack W's with the Mayakoba, you know, a few weeks before Christmas, end of the year. But again, I don't know. People trying to get FedEx Cup points. I don't know what the fuck these guys are going to be thinking about this week, to be honest. I really yeah, do not. also on, like, a spot where, I mean, obviously this is a long way away, but, like, he's definitely, like, I would imagine not going to be on, like, the Ryder Cup team when, for next Ryder Cup. I mean, after the year he had last year, right? Well, he's not definitely not qualified, and also, if I was a captain, I would not be picking him, that's for sure. That would be kind of free points for Europe when he got in there. Yeah. Yeah, this should be, it actually should be pretty interesting because I think there's a few guys that the U.S. team has been used to seeing. Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland. 
um, that may not be a part of it, and there may be some new faces in there. So could be cool. Could be shitty for Ricky and and, and Gary, obviously, but uh, hopefully Tony too. But uh, anyway, we'll get into the next group of guys because clearly we're moving on past the 50 range. Uh, Alex Noren, Benny on, Charles Howell the third, Chucky three six, Patton Kazire, Russell Knox. And then Harold Varner, Keegan Bradley, Joel Damon, and Kevin Shrillman all at 70. So between 65 to 70, some interesting names. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll roll up a few numbers. Denny McCarthy, Rory Sabatini, Scott Piercy, Sepp Straka. Roll out the 80 to 1. And then we're over 100 to 1 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, there's going to be odds discrepancy on every book, but this is what we're dealing with for this podcast. So, Matt. 60 to 70? 60 to 80? Is anyone? I don't know. There, it's so tough. I mean, there's a few names that uh, – it's just so hard to take them at this number. I mean, like Russell Knox is 65 to 1. That's grotesque. But he has played well at this course. He's been really good here. I mean, he's got three top tens in his last four, four times here. Yeah. And he was 33rd the other time. Um, two of them are second and the third. So, I mean, how much do you trust course history? Knox has been playing kind of well lately. Um, I don't trust him to win, but I think he's a decent top 10, 20 play. Uh, yeah. I don't think that that's too much of a reach. I'm about to look up to see what. Do you have his number in front of you for a top 10, 20? Or I'll look it up right now. I know, but I agree. I think that actually a lot of guys in this range are solid plays in that in that field. So it's plus um, six hundred for a top ten. Um, plus two, then, plus two fifty for a top twenty. Yeah, so that's not bad. No, it's solid, and it's actually funny because the actual the the top twenty odds for this field kind of suck. Uh, for being honest, two fifty for a guy that is kind of down there. I mean, has course history. I don't know. It feels like there's too many good players in this field to like count on him for a top 10 or top 20. So as many times as I've taken Russell Knox as a top 10 or top 20, I'm going to pass and I'm going to go with an equally as bold pick. I'm going to go with Keegan Bradley. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I like Keegan. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to take him to win, um, but I do like his form. Recently, I mean, he's second in instructions approach in his last 24 rounds, first in ball striking, which is kind of phenomenal if you say. If, I mean, it's his his last 24 rounds. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he obviously doesn't mind his course too much. So, strokes gain total. Everything looks good for Keegan this week. I'll say that. And he has a sixth back in 2016. He didn't win this thing, did he? Uh. No, he did not win, um, but he has a couple good finishes, two top 15s in his last three starts here. Yeah, so I, I kind of thought, I actually, I, I thought Keegan had a runner-up, but Keegan, um, yeah, I like the way he's playing this week, and I, I, I like, again, I don't think this is a super, super deep field. There's certainly some guys up top who, again, I don't know how they're going to play this week. I don't. I think value tends to speak towards the end of the board where there may be four or five really good players there. So Keegan, 
yeah, it's a little scary, but I like him as a top 10, top 20 player this week. Um, and if you're feeling frisky, you know, you take him to win. He's a 71. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, this range kind of threw me off because there's a few people that catch my eye. I mean, I talked about Russell Knox. I, Joel Damon's another one that, I mean, I just don't really like seeing him. It's 70 to 1 outright. Um, I'm sure he doesn't have a great you know, top 10 or 20 number either, but he's played pretty well here. He was sixth last year, um, 41st and 23rd the two years before that, but three straight made cuts. And then, you know, he's been playing somewhat solid recently. He was, uh, you know, eighth like about a month ago, and you know, he made the cut the last time we saw him. So I, I don't know if you like Joel Damon at all. I feel like every time I pick Joel Damon, I get burnt, and every time I hop off him, he plays well. Um, it just seems like one of those guys I can't win on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly feel like Joel Damon deserves to be probably over 70 to 1. But that being said, I also like Harold Varner at 70 to 1. And also, that being said, Chucky 3 6. A um, couple of guys that I've heralded over the year. Harold it over the year. Harold <laughs> Varner. Um, so, Ch- Chucky 3 6, first of all. Um, machine here. He's a machine. He's a machine here and also loves the Sony. Boss, do you have any Sony stats? Because I know he's good here. 7th in 2017, 4th in 2018. Chucky three sticks, there's going to be value on the top 10, top 20. The guy's very consistent. I mean, that's what he does. He's a consistent guy. He does very consistent with what his his thing his reputation is, which is make money with PJ Tour. Don't win, but don't miss the cut. So he does. Miss, does miss the cut, cashes tickets. So, Tricky 3-6, this is one of his tracks that I think, you know, you can get a nice little cash on. Um, and Harold I mean, Varner, are you chiming in, boss? I was going to chime in. Chucky 3-6 stats at the Sony. Uh, I refreshed the page three times because I thought it was wrong. He's had one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten top twenties in his past thirteen starts at the Sony, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them were top tens too. So it, it's just bananas. So this is definitely his kind of course. So if you are a Chucky three six kind of guy, I would say this isn't the week to be hopping off the train. Yeah, which I mean. Is the perfect week too because he's played not well. Um, you know his ball striking's not been good. His strokes and approach have not been good. Um, he hasn't finished particularly well. I mean, he, he, you know, yeah, he came be 30th in the RSM, 46th of the Masters, 34th of the Shriners, miscut at Punta Cana, um, 30th U.S. Open, which is a respectable position. But yeah, I don't know. Chuck's again one of those guys who sticks around specifically for events like this. So. Yeah, his best finish is third in July in the past. I mean, in the past 10 events, he's finished third. So, I mean, Chucky's not lost a step. Chucky 3-6, bro. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. So, take him top 10, top 20 this week. I'll tell you that. Uh, but, yeah, Harold Varner, I was also going to get into. Um, Ah, man, it's, again, one of those picks I can't stick away from because 
A birdie fest, Hare Varner can win. He can win it. I promise that. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree with you. I can't, I'm, is, tell, I'm telling myself this because I feel like I need I need to hear it out loud. But this is he, like he the type of event that he could win, yeah. Oh, my God. Bro. And like, he probably oh. will be, like, in first after Friday. That's the thing. He does it. He starts hot, and he gets himself in the lead, and then I don't know what happens to him on the weekend. But it kind of seems to be what happens in these type of events. It does. It does seem. To, it does seem to, to to be like that. But also, again, I will mention that Harold and Harris are both great first round leader plays. They're both in the top five in first round scoring average in this field this week. So I don't mind either of those. I'm gonna take them outright as well. But it would be nice to hit a first round leader on them and then be like, oh, well, I don't really care if they win. You know what I mean? So. I if you're gonna take Harris or Harold, take their first round leaders as well. But yeah, I mean Harold HB three, 13th in approach his last 24 rounds in this field, ninth at ball striking, ninth in opportunities gained. His proximity to hold is actually surprisingly not that great um, outside of the top 50. Um, but he's actually been pretty good at El Chameleon, 18th in striking total in this field over the last eight rounds. So I like Harold. And Emiliano and Chez, obviously, in this mid-tier range. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit scary predicament, but <laughs> that's where we're at. So I don't know, Matt. Was there anyone, like, top 20, top 10 range that intrigued you in this range we're at right now? Russell Knox, again, we talked about briefly. I think that he could be a live play. Danny McCarthy, we talk about often. I'm going to stick away this week, even though I – always take him i'm just i'm doing it begrudgingly i I, it's it's just you know whatever denny if he if he if he he catches the top 10 this week i'll be pissed but (laughs) i need to see i need to see him get get his shit back together so well there is somebody coming up that i'm interested in you may be interested in too you've taken him a few times scott piercy 80 to 1 scott piercy did i fly over him uh, we are just coming up on him. He's he's at eighty to one, and oh, I did glance over been, him. I glance over him, Scotty. He's been good here. He has twenty uh, sixth last year. Before that, he came to the top ten um, in two thousand nineteen, two thousand seventeen, and then he had a sixteenth in two thousand fifteen. And he's actually playing some pretty good golf coming into this. He has three top twenties in his last four starts. So. Maybe a Scott Piercy top 20 week. I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to take him to win, but I definitely think that a top 20 is something that's attainable for him. It seems like he should be able to do that, given his recent form and course history. I agree. What is is he at? Like plus 400 top 20? He is. Plus 380. So, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Plus 380 top 20. Um. Yeah, I like the Piercy. I like the Piercy bandwagon a lot. I mean, it I, again. I, I don't know if we mentioned this too much, but yeah, you don't have to be too long here. Um, so I hope I think that'll help him a bit. Um, and yeah, he certainly played well here. He's tenth in strokes gained total in this field. Um, over his last eight rounds in this uh, at El Chameleon. So Scotty feels live for his all twenty, very live. 
he's going to need to get a few things together. Putting, which is mostly what we have to deal with. <laughs> so, yeah. He's as live as anyone else for top 20, and I, I like it. Plus 380 feels juicy. Especially yeah, that's a nice guy. value there. Yeah, especially for a guy who's finished, you know, fourth and sixth in his past three times here. So, again, we're dealing with a little bit of a different field. Again, I... It, it's not that much different. It's the top heaviness, I think, that maybe changes people's perspective to a degree. Um, we get a few extra golfers who are in the top 20 in the world, and it changes the odds significantly, which it should because they have the potential to just outright win these things easily, which we're hoping doesn't happen because if JT or Brooks or – I don't know. Yeah, if JT or Brooks run away with it, we'd be pretty upset. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I – if Harry Singles are anywhere, then I'll be pretty happy. But yeah. <laughs> well, I would still be pretty upset about that one. Oh, I'd be happy for you, but no, my you family would not be getting Christmas gifts. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what, Matt? I'll, you know, we'll, we'll exchange Christmas gifts. So just for, <laughs> just in case, just in case, uh, maybe we hit a hundred and. 101 or maybe 170 to one winner this week. Anything can happen. So. We're over 101, Matt, and there are plenty of names that people don't know, and some they do, all of which probably are going to have a very tough time winning this week, but there's always a chance. Tell us why Chesson Hadley has a chance. <laughs> that is a pretty tough case to state. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking I was going to pick a name, but, uh, uh, you know. Patrick Rogers. That was Patrick Rogers' chance this week. Patrick Rogers. Um, he looks a little bit like the Geico caveman. Uh, so maybe that favors him this week. Um, I don't it's, know. It's, I, it I is. Oh, it's cold. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your got, body warm. Got the extra beard going. Covers up his Thanksgiving fat. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of that. <laughs> speaking of that, it's been a fucking rough Thanksgiving. I. COVID, everything, everyone's like, ah, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I've gained like 15 pounds over the last three days. (laughs) I just started a diet today. Um, It's not going well. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say I started a diet today. Wine is okay, though, right? Yeah, it's good. It's healthy. It's it's just crushed grapes. Low carbs. Low carbs. Low carbs until December 23rd. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Now everyone knows. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll like, check in on that next episode. See yeah. where that stands. I'm like 15 pounds overweight. So we'll we get I video. Think, we'll, we'll get video out there eventually. But yeah, <laughs> body formation is not great right now. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone over 100 you liked? I <laughs> there is, but I I'm gonna. Lay this one out there with an air of caution. Um, I'm going to take Graham McDowell, 120 to 1. I'm a sucker for Graham. <laughs> Shorter course, this seems like uh, a week where he actually has a chance. He's not a long hitter. Um, he's played well here before. Uh, he won in 2016. In his last four times here, he got cut once, but he has a 23rd, a 24th, and a 34th. So decent course history here. Um, and I don't know. I just had a kind of a gut feeling about him this week. 
I kind of like picking Graham whenever I can, so a little bit biased maybe, but I'm going to be on Graham this week. 120 to 1. Why not? Um, long shot. You know, yeah, it's going to no, take a little like, bit of luck to win any of them. No, it's it's 100% takes a little bit of luck. It, and yeah, honestly, it feels – I feel like he's kind of getting a little – it's bullshit, honestly. If Stuart Sink were in one recently and, you know, a couple other, like, long shot – like, Graham McDowell deserves to be, like, 200 to 1. And yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, ah, that's like not really that good of a number. They're telling you like, yeah, Graham McDowell all of a sudden could like be like Graham McDowell of 12 years ago, which would be sick. <laughs> but ah, man, I don't know. Him winning is, seems very tough. I thought I had Keegan Bradley as a long shot, and now he's down to 70, 70 to one on FanDuel. So that's gonna be my long shot i guess i don't know i don't i don't see a lot of these guys too deep down having a, a real shot yeah uh-huh. I, i'm kind of with you i mean I, i'm taking him but i was like kind of looking for someone real deep and it's just it doesn't seem like a whole lot of options down there the absolute honest the opposite thing and actually you know while we're down here you know, while we're down here, I'm a man with people, so I will take uh, something a little bit extravagant. I will take, um, <laughs> I'll take Wesley, Wesley Bryan. Okay, he actually spit out pretty good on my model. But yeah, he models For the well. people listening, I forgot to add putting, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I added putting, and it's actually not that bad. Okay, there you go. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's significantly better than Chaz Reedy at putting, so that going for us. Uh, yeah, Wes Bryan, 150 to 1. Third in this field in strokes and approach, 14th at ball striking, 12th in opportunities gained, ninth in good drives gained, second in proximity from 125 to 150, under 20 in both of the other proximity fields I had filled out. Again, this is on fantasynational.com. Wesley Bryan checks out well. That probably is dumb as fuck, but we will take him <laughs> at 100. I will take him at 150 to 1. Yeah, yeah. I'm also going to put him as my top 20 card. At West Bryan, at westbryan.com. <laughs> I hope that's actually a site. So, well, if it's not, it should be. But yeah, I'm on West Bryan. Yeah, I didn't want to be, but I am. So, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are. Confirmation that's not a website. Um, Boss, we haven't gotten to too many of your thoughts yet. Um, I have one scat- more guy I want to add. Little Scatterfield. Oh, Matt. Could for a top twenty. Yeah, for a top twenty. Um, not for an hour, but Bryce Garnett, 120 to one. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't have too much positive um, to say about him, other than his course history here is very good. Um, so at that value, I'm gonna take a shot at him. Um, Doesn't Bryce Garnett seem like the guy that just has like he, he's rock? I, I'm literally, I mean, I I know Bryce Garnett, but. I'm gonna be honest. You could line up like three guys, and I probably would not identify Bryce Garnett. I don't. I don't know that well. Well, I just say I, I know. I don't know. I don't know. I know him, but I don't. I don't know him. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm just saying Bryce Garnett feels like uh, faux hawk into visor guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're making me not want to pick him. Uh, he's. I guarantee you, he's faux hawk into visor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Garnett is. He's you have the name Bryce Garnett, you full hawk Pfizer guy. Like that's a guarantee. So he's he's I a character look. to look at. And actually, I hope he's not because I hope he's not. But <laughs> he's wearing a hat in these pictures. But maybe in his free time he does that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can see him being a Pfizer guy in the free time. Yeah, 
No, no, but he, Callaway's he, like, dude, if you're gonna wear our shit, like, you better cover up that that hair. Cover it all up, yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's yeah, no, he's frosted tips for our guy. Into yeah, I can project. see it was frosted tips for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed here on Charles and Fades breaking news: Bryce Garnett has frosted tips, and he likes to point it into a visor. So <laughs> good for Bryce. Good for you. It's your last top twenty pick. I. He's Please. for for the record, he does have four top twenties here in his last five starts. And his twenty fifth in the other one. Alright, fine. Well, for the record, I also I skipped over a guy who I wanted to talk about. Um <laughs> who I want to just double check his top twenty odds. And oh, top ten is juicy as shit. Alright, so we're gonna just talk about top ten. Top ten, Doug Doug Gim. <laughs> the Gim Raper. The Gim Raper. Oh man, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've taken Doug a few times. It's there's stats, stats, stats speak allure for this guy right now. Um, yeah, birdies gained last 24 rounds, fourth, twelfth in short distance approach in this field, twenty fourth ball striking, seventh in good drives gained, thirteenth in proximity to hole. I, this guy's gonna give himself plenty of opportunities for birdies this week, and a younger guy who I think is going to make a name for himself, hopefully potentially soon, and. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel he's like playing pretty well now. He's played well. I mean, he's got three consecutive top 25s, a missed cut, a 14th, a missed cut, an 18th. So he's still his inconsistency is still there, but the the ceiling is high. So yeah, honestly, even if you were looking at a Doug Gim outright, I wouldn't speak against it. But I will be taking Doug Gim top 20, uh, actually top 10. Yeah, I'm taking top 10 plus a thousand because that's the juicy to not. I do. So, I like that game. So I like that pick. That rounds out my card, though, Matt. Boss. Who do you like? I am not overly excited by very much on this board, but I think what I'm going to do is zig where I normally zag and buy high. And I'm going to split the difference that you two had at the beginning and take answer in English. And I think I'm going to call it a card right there, plain and simple. Okay. I, I like that. There, you know, there's some guys, you guys touched on most of them that have some good course history, but I'm just not, none of them really give me a great feeling. Looking at you, you know, Russell Knox, Scott Piercy, Pat Perez, those, those kind of guys. So I think I'm just going to buy high with two guys that I think are overdue for a win this year and hope that it's their week. Oh, oh, I thought, oh, you, were, I thought wait, you were looking what? at me. I thought you were looking at me. I thought that you were going to take Emiliano Grillo. Uh, I forgot that I added Grillo to the oh. card. I, I have it highlighted <laughs> Sneaking here. Grillo back off the card. I didn't get to it yet. Thank you for reminding me, sir. Grillo is also on the card. So, whilst I am buying high, I am also adding Emiliano Grillo to my card. Yeah, nice. Nice. I like that. It's a, ni- it's a nice feeling because it's usually... Leonard Grillo, I'm I'm very much by myself with Leonard Grillo most of the time. I will and, say I never convinced you guys to take Leonard Grillo ever. And to add on to your little spiel about uh, first round leader leaders, Grillo in that boat too, please. Okay. You know I'll okay. I'll I'm actually I'll go hop hop on your first round leader. Um, I'm gonna get in for Varner for sure on the first round leader. That seems like. Something that he will do. Um, I get. I guess I can. Hold on, hold on. So you're not hopping in on Grillo for the first round leader, then? I thought that's I, well, where you were going. 
It, well, I don't know. I need to decide because I just said I didn't think he was very good. So I feel like taking him for first round leader would be a little bit contradictory for that. Well, it also would uh, be not true. It wouldn't be true to say he wasn't good. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in terms of winning a golf tournament, I don't, I don't well, know. I'm decided. I'm decided. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever, dude. I can't wait to go through our picks again because. All right, anyway. Round with the cards. I have Harris English, Russell Henley, Nilana Grillo, Chaz Reedy, Harold Varner, and Keegan Bradley, unfortunately. <laughs> and then top 10, top 20, I have a combination of uh, Ginn, Knox, Varner, Piercy, and Chucky Three Sticks. Probably going to add a Grillo in there as well, um, and probably a Henley. <laughs> so, <laughs> Matt, where you at? So. That chuckle at the end was great. But, yeah, let's hear all the fucking winners that you have on your list, dude. Uh, I have answer Henley, maybe. <laughs> no, no wins. And <laughs> Greg McDowell. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> and then uh, for top twenty ten, I'm trying to remember who I have here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Knox, Piercy. You're throwing me off my game with the air horn over there. Knox, uh, <laughs> Piercy, uh, Bryce Garnett, Cram McDowell. And I feel like I'm forgetting someone that would be on what, my what, card tomorrow. But. What, Wes Bryant. Oh, Wes Bryant. Yeah, I've read that name too. Oh, Owen, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I'm well, to be, yeah, I don't know. I, I do. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> I'm completely thrown off by that Owen air horn I got. 45 seconds ago. Well, let's just throw this out there. How many how many tournaments have Emil Grillo and fucking uh, Graham McDowell won in the past year? Zero, I would assume. Yeah, that'd be zero. So yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Well, I, so, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, well, Grillo is at 50, 55 to one. So, but also, I'm just saying, he's uh, he's around the guys, a ton of guys who haven't won. So, no, I agree. Sucks, I like dude. that. Yeah, I, I like well, the boss on Grillo, but. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's fun all in fun. It's all in fun, nature. Yeah. It's, it's in fun. It's it, it's gonna be in fun until Grillo wins, and then it's gonna be not. Then I'll have to hold the L on the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll well, be <laughs> celebrating Christmas, and you'll be sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a really bad Christmas. <laughs> no, it's not even gonna hold the L, dude. It's just gonna be like you're just gonna be pissed. Like I'm, 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 not, I'm not gonna gloat to you. I'm gonna go to the world and be picked up by Grillo. Yeah. All right, well, and I'll be on tape saying that I don't think he's very good, so that would be not a good look for me. Uh, but ah, well, well in the big in the big structure of things, he's he's good. He's not great. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. So he's good. He's good. Everyone else on our card is good. We have a lot of great picks this week. Hopefully, we hit another winner. Matt is desperately in need of one. And yeah, I, yeah. That's accurate. And I'm actually, we didn't really get much into it, but I'm regretting the large card at the RSM that was a complete swing and a miss um, because that's now coming back to bite me. <laughs> so I play responsibly, folks. So that's yeah. it for episode 46, and we will play responsibly in January.